Welcome, Jurassic fans, to the 180 episode of your Eleanor podcast. I actually checked this number this time around. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Daniel, your host. And look at this. Once more, we have Larry. Things are walking around here. Yeah. There you go. How's it going, mate? <laughs> the whitest host of y'all. <laughs> yeah. You get to be whiter than me. That is impressive. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, Lord. Uh, you know, uh, we are completely dead inside because, believe it or not, we were playing Among Us till about 4, 15 a.m., something like that. Yeah. Yeah. It was 4 a.m. for me and 5 a.m. for you. Oh, yeah, right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot we are in two different time zones. That, that's how things happen, right? Yeah, and it yeah. was amazing. It was, it was really <laughs> cool. Guys, it was my very first time playing Among Us, which means I was horrible. Especially as an imposter, I killed people in front of other people. And I was like, oh, no, guys, this was this is not what it looks like. It looks like a cult, you know. Yeah. He sacrificed a person <laughs> so the gods would be happy with him. <laughs> oh, that was beautiful. I didn't see the other guys entering the room, and everyone was like, um, Daniel. <laughs> happens, it happens. Ah, uh, yeah. Well, then we see that we have to remain in our meek professions and not actually become uh, super villains, right? That would not work. You guys, we are doing another chapter today of An Unwanted Discovery. Remember, that's our book that is for sale on Amazon right now. You can get the Kindle, you can get the physical book, whatever you feel like getting. So check the link in the description down below and you can have it too. Well, let's then get started. That was actually a pretty good ad. Look at that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was. Today we're doing chapter 32, the Kwanzaa Hospital. Kwanzaa is an African word that means something like a helping hand. So that's going to be useful. There is a kitty in her camera. Oh, hey. she ran away. Ah. There she is. Oh, it's an orange kitty. What's her name? Kinder. Kinder. <laughs> uh, oh, you told me about it. it, it was that because yeah. she was pregnant? We thought she was, but she was just fat. fat. <laughs> Happened to me once. Yeah. Actually, the vet told us that she might have been pregnant, but she lost the kitties. Oh. But it was not confirmed, so we prefer to believe she was just fatty. <laughs> oh, is that okay then for us to actually no, yeah. joke about it? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Right, guys, let's get started. Chapter 32, I'll be the narrator today once more, so you know what to expect. Depression. Everything had occurred as smoothly as the noise of a lubricated engine. The old woman was in the hospital, about to kick the bucket, and the morning was already approaching. After their unpleasant encounter with the playboy, he felt the need to act faster before one of the brats got smart. It's always good to have a friend who owes you, he thought, remembering old Pharaoh, whom he had supplied with arms and ammunition on the previous occasion. 
Pharaoh owned land and herds. He had the money for it, but didn't want to get tangled up in the courts. Now, for the small favor, all he required was a good, strong sorrow and the best robe that the farm had. His friend had gladly lent him the animal and as much rope as he wanted, and then let him go. It had been a few hours since this had happened, and all that remained was to get to the ranch and put the second half of the plan into practice. Mounted on his steed, Alexander Bozeman had left town at a slow trot, so as not to draw unnecessary attention, and was now speeding, reaching the dusty road that would lead to the ranch. It might be necessary to give the animal a nice bucket of water to cool him before walk, but nothing that would take that long. Motivated by the endless straight line ahead, the animal seemed to want to cooperate with Bozeman, because it shot like an arrow painted in a cinnamon tan, thinning its profile to become streamlined, while the rider shouted, excited by the wind blowing through his white hair that had long since shaken his hunter's hat. Even at this speed, the ride seemed to take forever, an expensive forever, the time he was not spending leaning back in a big chair. When the curve to the road leading to the ranch finally came around to the left, his spirits rose even higher, but his mount seemed not to have coped well with the distance and slowed down. With one swipe of his spurs, Bozeman cut the leather of his flanks, causing the animal to neigh in pain and return to a steady speed. Better this way he said through gritted teeth. In the distance, the first rays of sunlight illuminated the aluminum wires that served as the ranch gate. It was closed. At the edge of the shore, the airboat was resting on the still water. Great, that means that the clown troop would be inside the residence. Not to cause any more commotion, he finally allowed the horse to slow down and guard off the saddle as he reached the gate. Silently, he opened it and walked around the perimeter of the house, trying to hear some sound or see any movement through the windows and gaps. Nothing. Sure, it was terribly early, but not even a playboy was in the old rocking chair, as expected. Strange, he said to himself. Have they gone back to the remote area? He went to the back of the house and checked the collection of canoes and noticed that none were missing. Where would those swines have gone? he cursed. Not that he wished they were around, that was obvious. The girl was a bit too bossy for her age. The boy was a doormat for anyone who gave him orders. The playboy was just that, and the fat one seemed too close to Alma. Anyway, no matter where they had gone, they were no longer needed. At least not now that he had gotten the information he lacked. So, after the animal had drunk enough, Alexander mounted in again, now targeting the Steposaurus area. In his right hand... Yards of rope ran, wrapped in a large strangling loop. Wounding the horse again, he proceeded at high speed, using the side road that would lead to the lowlands. The plan was to cut from the road to the hill leading to the plain, as the foot of the hill is the most accessible point, well beyond the clay walls at least. Making a turn before he continued on the path towards the lower slopes, he guided the animal to climb the foot of the hill, which flattened out at the base. Just a few more yards, and he would reach the meadow, where his prophet awaited and... How are you, Mr. Bozeman? Alexander had to break, pulling the horror as hard as he could, stopping inches away from Lucy Lane. You! He roared, regretting that he hadn't simply run us over. Of course, on the slope of a hill, that could have cost him the life of a horse too expensive for his income. I thought you had left, 
Not before we finish here, said Lucy. Beside her, Keen and I imitated her posture, keeping our arms crossed in a frustrated attempt to intimidate someone. And what else do we intend to do? He questioned, enraged. I'm going to explain to my colleagues here what shoddy theater we have been exposed to over the past few days. With an impact pause, she took a few steps to the left where she could see the cuts on the horse's hips. Obeying the instructions previously given, I covered the spot where she was standing before to prevent Bozeman from making his way. You know, she introduced, moving her eyes from Alexander's face to the still bleeding wounds. I don't believe you were the animal lover you would have us believe you were. That pompa. It was you, wasn't it? You were indeed attacked by one of the Steposaurus on the first encounter, and it took an alligator from you. Since then, you have dreamed of using these animals to make money. It must have seemed like a blessing that such treasure would appear right on the edge of your land. Land that you must have bought not before the attack, as you told us, but after it. I bet you trespassed on government-protected territory only then to get it legally, you cheap bastard. At this point, Bozeman snorted with rage, reconsidering the price to pay for a horse that had rolled down a hill and broken its neck, killing some people in the process. But because these animals have a timid nature, they refuse to leave their territory. She continued. I can't imagine how frustrated you must have been. So you came up with a plan to force them to come to your land where you could shoot them without fear of the law. So install that pump, and unfortunately, these animals were still afraid to come near a human being, giving you enough time and space to dig up the hillside and run the hoses. After weeks, the animals were given in to thirst and would soon come to the ranch waters. But then you need someone to teach you anything about the creatures. Of course, how could you sell the hide of a being whose name you didn't know? You are a businessman. You know that advertising is everything. And that's when you made the terrible mistake of calling us, thinking that you could get the animal identified without being bothered by the media. After all, the name Lane has always been associated with failure and rumors. Well, fame is not really our goal, Mr. Bozeman. When I told you that we had destroyed the pump, I saw your eyes glow with hatred like flames. As the last act, you tried desperately to include your wife in the plan, but she didn't want to. This is what Kevin heard from the archway in the kitchen. You thought you would make a huge profit with this rare skin, enough to retire within two months, but she condemned your idea, calling it immoral. When you realized that you would not have her support, you also understood that you were in grave danger of being denounced, not by her specifically, but by anyone who heard her mention it in one of her unconscious monologues. A brief pause to admire the effect her words had on Bozeman's expression, and she continued. Jacob told me everything that happened in the hospital yesterday, by the way. Indeed, some studies point to cadmium poisoning through eating contaminated alligator meat. Congrats, where did you learn this? In the newspaper, perhaps, the problem is that a spike in the metal levels would require something more concentrated, such as inhalation, an injection, or maybe a simple candy. The mention of a candy surprised us more than the criminal. Smiling with satisfaction, she went on to explain. That's why Frost didn't mention any candy when he listed what she had ingested. 
because she was always eating coconut candy. No one would notice. The next morning, you arrived calling your wife as we were getting ready for the expedition. It was your voice that Kevin heard calling while he was taking a shower. Then you handed her a complete package of chocolates, the very thing she had complained about missing the night before. But how can that be? interrupted Keen. He came in eating one of those chocolates from the box. Wrong, she corrected. He came in eating a truffle, but not one from the box. It had been removed earlier and spared the deadly treatment. After ingesting the poison, Alma Bozeman became ill and had to be rushed to the hospital, which he promptly did, like the good husband he pretends to be. By the way, Mr. Bozeman, that doctor who was late in bringing the blood test, you tried to bribe him. Well, the body was found in the laboratory's freezer, bent over, with a cut on the back of his head, caused by a sharp object. A broken bottle, I'm sure. It seems to me that he refused to accept your dirty money and you got rid of him. I just want you to know that this whole plan is ending here and that the authorities will find your fingerprints at the scene and the alligator poison that you use as a source of cadmium to attack your wife. You don't think you need her, do you? You always refer to the ranch as mine and not ours. Silent until the end of her speech, Alexander kept a still, almost dead look in his eyes. The anger had left him, and he felt confident in his planning again. Yeah, you might have guessed all that, he said in a right tone. But I'm only going to jail if I'm not enjoying a day at the beach abroad. Saying this, he pulled the reins, causing the animal to stand up on its hind legs and swing its front legs in the air, dangerously close to our faces. Running to avoid the attack, we got out of the way, throwing ourselves to the ground in the process. To stimulate the horse, he kept giving commands, forcing the animal to speed into the dense vegetation. In the same area that we had seen them before, the animals now bathed in the still opaque morning light. Jumping over the slender curve of the lake, he reached the animal's resting point, causing a huge commotion. Still unable to move swiftly, the animals turned to him, roaring menacingly. With the rope in his hand, he spun the snare precisely and threw it over the head of one of the smaller animals, which, by shaking its head, made it even easier for the noose to wrap around its neck and close around it. Roaring, the other Steposaurus looked panicked, not knowing how to react to the intruder, while the tied animal struggled to free itself from the lasso. Finally feeling that the knot was securely fastened, Bozeman began to pull on the rope, while forcing the horse to walk backwards, dragging the Steposaurus with him. The Opelicosaur dug its claws into the ground and roared ferociously, but could not free itself from the noose. When what little strength it had was exhausted, its traction suddenly stopped and it fell to the ground, being dragged like a load. Still feeling the weight of what it was carrying, the steed neighed loudly, but made slow progress in the slippery mud of the plain. Well done, good boy! he said to the animal lying on the ground. Still moving backwards, he felt powerful again, young once more, boundless as he had once been. What he did not know, however, was that Eupolicosaurus did not depend exclusively on their sails to produce heat, being able to produce some internal heat themselves. As he followed his route, walking in reverse, Alexander did not notice what was happening around him. For no apparent reason, the horse neighed loudly once again, 
even though the Lord was no longer fighting back and began to kick backwards. When he turned to look at the animal's legs, he was surprised by a huge Steposaurus that beat fiercely at a horse's calf, not even yielding to the violent kicks that were delivered. Using the strength it still had stored, the reptile then pulled back its jaws, tearing the animal's flesh and rupturing its tendons, knocking the rider to the ground. The beast of burden already lay incapacitated on the ground, with several Steposaurus approaching about to silence its name. Bozeman got up and tried to run back towards us. In his eyes, you could no longer see the pride or greed of before, only a mute cry for help. Before he could reach the lake, though, an animal with an injured sail caught up with him, biting his waist. On my bone buns? She asked, shocked. I'm afraid so, Mrs. Bozeman. Luffy confirmed. Sitting on the hospital bed, Alma listened to the tragic story we were relating, never getting overly impressed, though. Alexander saw this, she said, shaking her head. For several years, I listened to his dreams and supported most of them. But when he got too greedy, his mood changed. By the way, Lucy recalled, that python that attacked one of your alligators, it was cute, wasn't it? And turned into a belt, my child. Yes, he lied to you about that too. Honesty was not his forte. Neither was self-control. It's all over now, Kim said, imagining that this would be a consolation. You have the whole ranch to yourself. You can leave the place and live in a safer one. Yes, yes, I'll do that. But first, I'm going to buy the ditch where the animals live to. You know, Alexander used to complain that he never had any money for his plants. The truth is that I had the money, my share in running the ranch, but I was not going to allow him to use it for selfish purposes. By the way, there's one detail I don't understand. Mr. Frost... Where were you during the events Lucy described to me? Uh, me? Well, uh... Frederick pulled the collar of the white suit he was wearing, his cheeks blushing with embarrassment. Well, uh, Lucy told me that the trapping would be done at night, and I, uh, I fell asleep before they left. And you, ma'am, why are you going to buy the lowlands before you leave the area? Jacob asked. Because, dear... Just as my husband was able to buy government land, others can do the same, threatening the lives of these animals. If the land is in my control, there is nothing they can do to harm them. You mean you will act to save these species? Kin looked thrilled. Why, of course, young man. It's not their fault they're carnivores, is it? It's even less their fault for fighting back. When I heard the description, I thought Alexander was going crazy. Unfortunately, I was right. But that's amazing, exclaimed Jacob, now holding Lucy's arm. Someone in the world wants to preserve nature. Well, well, said a voice from the dark corridor behind us. You'll be better soon, assured Hakim Jeffrey.
the lavage process is the best we can do. I'm afraid there is no other treatment available, but you have responded well and are recovering. Good, doctor. Said Alma Bozeman in a sweet, motherly voice. You know, I have been planning for some time now, and in two months I'm going to take a trip to the beach. I want to remember the experience I had only once in my life. And there you go. That's it. <laughs> Don't you, you ever get a sore throat out of doing this voice? No. <laughs> All right. Well, you you heard me yesterday. I <laughs> I scream a lot. So yeah. My my throat is already, you know. Yeah, I used guess. Used to it. <laughs> yeah, you're kind of prepared for that kind of thing. <laughs> Oh, Lord. So, Alexa Bozeman is dead. Yeah, and that horse, too. Yeah. I, I'm sorry <laughs> he had to die, but no. That's how things go, right? Yeah. was a sacrifice for the good of humanity. And yeah. For the, the animals. <laughs> Indeed, right? So... I'm sure everyone knew that Alexander Bozeman was the guy who had poisoned uh, Alma Bozeman. Maybe some of you even knew that it, he used the bonbons because that was mostly clear. Now, uh, did you solve that mystery about the doctor before Lucy solved it? The one doctor that was found mm. in the freezer? No. That's one of my favorite mysteries in this novel. There are so many more, but <laughs> I like that one. <laughs> yeah, because if you remember, it was just a dialogue between uh, Alma Bozeman and the doctor, right? Uh, Hacking Jeffrey saying like, yeah, this colleague of mine was supposed to come and give you the detail. I don't know what happened to him. Well, that's what happened to yeah. him. <laughs> Bozeman <Yeah>. killed him. <laughs> oh, oh love that. Absolutely love it. One it more great. death. Yeah. One more death that we have, right? He was slicing into two pieces. Things there. How to happen to hunters? Yeah. Just saying. Yeah. <laughs> Roar happens. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Roar. if you have listened to the other 31 chapters, you knew this would eventually come, right? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And I mean, you can just expect what is happening to the other villains. Uh, there you go. Die! <laughs> yes, because <laughs> that's the whole character of Lucy Lane. She has to understand that some people have to die. They cannot just yeah. simply be put in jail. No. <laughs> and yeah, are, of course. <laughs> yeah, we are being mildly successful on that. You know, of course, you guys. You know, don't do it at home. I guess <laughs> if that's necessary to be said. <laughs> That's good advice. That's good advice. Yeah. <laughs> if you know a bad person, a criminal just denounce him to the police and hope for the best. Yeah. <laughs> That's how it's done. I'm not commenting on that. <laughs> Come on, you should tell me to yeah, just sure. call the police. Sure. Sure. Because yeah. the police will do their job as of always. Of course. Yeah. Because injustice is just a concept. Yeah. 
seriously, please don't don't kill other people. Because <laughs> I've seriously <laughs> been told by some readers, like, what if someone you know steals these ideas? Guys, there are so many mystery novels out there with poisoning. Yeah. Okay, it's it's not like it's my thing that I created. Yeah, so yeah, I mean, is Agatha Christie and her family going to jail because of that? There are people in the world with upsetting minds. You yeah. Know? Like, I don't know if you've read... It's it's a Brazilian author, so Perhaps. people who listen to us maybe won't have read... I mean, 13% of our listeners are Brazilian for some reason. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> That's our friends. Thank you, friends. <laughs> But there's one guy, his name is Rafael Montes. I think I told him told you about him already i love his writing i love his books but he needs help it's urgent he needs help he needs was there therapy one <laughs> of the books that you are holding in the story of, of yours on instagram yeah yeah i saw that <laughs> that book was the last one i read from him and i'm reading another one right now but i think it's just a translation he did for some stories from another country in a mm. different language. I, I, I can remember right now, but it's like Russian or something. Cool. And it's like, it's disturbing. You know, you, you read his books and you're like, oh my God, it can't get worse. And <laughs> it gets worse, way worse. And you're like in the 10th, last pages and you're like ha I knew it was happy it was going to happen and then you turn to the ninth page and you're like oh my god, no. oh my god. and you're like I'm so dumb I believe that and I yeah I, I can only imagine <laughs> I, I'll be reading that just because I'm so into that kind of material no I'm a huge uh, you guys know this novel so You can probably guess that I'm a huge fan of Agatha Christie and yeah. Michael Crichton, the writer of Jurassic Park. I kind of put them both yeah. in the same novel, so that's cool. <laughs> plenty of mystery and plenty of dinos. Yay! Yeah. Oh, Yay! <laughs> that's just so cool. Now, we have seen one of these crimes right here that was pretty interesting. Um... Did you understand why Bozeman died? Let me see. Because you can't tell us. <laughs> no, I cannot. <laughs> you either notice it right now or you just get the information by the end of the book with Lucy Light. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But did, did the horses have? Two thousand years later. Okay. He fell to the ground. Are you really? Oh, yeah, reading? it was. Yeah. <laughs> I have a terrible memory. <laughs> I read things and it, it, it goes by like five minutes. You can put the SpongeBob insert here. <laughs> One year later. <laughs> I shall. I it was shall. the same. It was the same animal from before, right? I mean, That... yeah, but uh, He... why? It's either now or chapter 40. <laughs> I'm not uh, sure I'm understanding. <laughs> all right, chapter 40, the fourth phase of Vivo, it is then. Okay. So, two months <laughs> after now, we'll be reading that chapter, God willing. Okay. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
yeah, the mystery would then have been solved by Lucy Lane. So let's just wait okay. for her to to do her <laughs> denouement thing. Okay. <laughs> Sorry if I mispronounced that. Sorry, I don't speak French. <laughs> All right. That was, that was perfect. <laughs> that was lovely. Thank you so much, you guys, for listening to one more chapter of Anna Discovery. Remember, you can get this book. Just get the Kindle on the description down below or else the physical book if, much like me, you want to, like, stick your face into it and go, oh, yeah. Mm. Just great feelings. So thank you so much, you guys. We'll be seeing you next week. Keep going for the score. Bye-bye.